Welcome to the Shades and Layers podcast with Kukuanos Kosana Ritchie. This is episode 8, and today my guest is Dr. Theo Mutuafrendo, founder and CEO of African Dermal Science. Hers is the first black-owned beauty brand to be on the shelves at South African department store Edgar's. If you're in South Africa, you will have seen the Uso skincare product range on the shelves. Theo is a medical doctor with many years of pharmaceutical industry experience, and she also holds an MBA. The idea of starting her own beauty brand came from personal interest, business sensibility, and pure determination. Our starting point today goes straight to the heart of why a brand like African Dermal Science matters. So, um, you know, we're, we're still quite an, a young brand. Um, as an Uso Skincare um, is our first range that um, we launched into market as a company. Our company's name is African Dermal Science. Um, and right at the beginning, while we were still in the R&D phase um, of, of, of the product development, um, we, you know, quite early understood um, the importance of us being on retail shops with customers generally and regularly purchase similar skincare. Mm. So if for us, if we wanted to go and compete with uh, dominating uh, brands such as Clarence, Clinique, etc., cetera, um, mm. it was important for us to be in the same stores and in the same shops um, mm. where majority of South Africans purchase their skincare. So that's pretty much the strategy we um, undertook. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it took us uh, about 20 months to get onto the shelves um, because you know, for a big retailer um, like Edgar's, they're not going to to just, you know, overnight decide to to put onto their shelves next to, um, you know, um, big brands right. like that. Um, mm. You know, a brand that, you know, they had to make sure that our brand is of similar quality, um, similar efficacy and safety. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and also um, kind of like speaks to the customers that walk um, into their stores. Mm-hmm. So it took us about 20 months to get into um, Edgar's. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started discussing with them before we even launched into markets um, uh, to make sure that um, as we're developing the products, uh, we are developing a product. Um, we're getting input from, from them as a retailer about um you know, these are the products that are attractive to consumers, um, um, and um, yeah, and, and, yeah, and kind of like set set up the brand for success in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I must say, though, um, within the Edgar's team, um, throughout our, our discussions, the, the 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 teams around the table were always, um, you know, um, you know, fully diversified, uh, bringing in. Um, expertise um, from different fields uh, in the firm. Um, so yeah, so we we've never, um, you know, um, yeah, we, we were quite comfortable with the process, and yeah. we're quite comfortable that they understood what we wanted to achieve uh, with our brand and what we um, uh, were bringing to the table, and uh, and we were also quite comfortable with what they are bringing to the table. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, what uh, steps did you have to follow in order to get there from, you know, approaching them to being on the shelf? Mm-hmm. So there, there's several um, kind of like uh, um, key, key, key things that one needs to fulfill to be able to 
retail their products or brand um, on a big retailer um, with a big retailer like the Echo Group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, the, the product has to be of great quality. That is a given. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ensure that uh, and also ensure that the products are also independently tested. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the Ecom Group also, um, you know, you know, I think they use mostly their stuff. They run their own um, um, uh, trials um, with our products um, to make sure that what we are bringing um, in terms of the data that we're bringing to them uh, from our testing and our independent uh, testers um, would also be translated into a normal con- consumer within their group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think quality is the first and important thing. Um, without that, um, you know, you, you can't really move forward if you're not mm-hmm. bringing into market a quality product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, secondly, obviously, it's, you know, the point around the pricing of the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, you know, uh, when we considering pricing, you have to consider um, the customer that is um, uh, shopping at the retailer that you are targeting. Uh, you have to consider the competing brands, um, you know, that are in that retailer, what their price points is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you also have to con- consider um, kind of like how you know the the economy and um, is progressing mm-hmm. uh, um, in terms of. Yes, today a, a customer might want to purchase, uh, for example, a cleanser for 150 rands. Right. But data is showing that uh, consumer behavior is changing. Uh, people are more appreciative of advanced cleansers, and therefore, a year's time, they will be happy to pay um, double that price. Right. So, in your pricing, you're not just considering, you know, what is currently um practice but we're also considering uh kind of like the, the the trends are going to be going forward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so pricing is a key issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh thirdly it's around um, merchandising mm-hmm. how your products yeah. um the look and feel of your product on the shelf mm-hmm. if whether this is going to uh you know the look and feel the branding of the product will it make it stand out amongst um the other uh, brands in the store um uh, so that's quite a key thing as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And fourthly, as considering um, and, 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 and ensuring that you develop your internal capabilities and expertise around logistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you are retailing in a major retailer like Edcon that is nationwide, we're currently um, in about 40 stores in South Africa, wow. yeah. um, as well as in Botswana and Namibia. So internally as a company, we have to make sure that we are um, um, ready to be able to service uh, logistically uh, mm. such a network of stores uh, yeah. seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, those are the four key key things um, mm. that one mm. has to consider before even getting into onto the shelves. And once you're on the shelves, then obviously then it's all about um, um, driving sales through marketing and collaborations and, um, and, and just making sure that, uh, uh, um, you know, the message, uh, the brand message that you are pushing across is coming through as you intended mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is reaching as many people as possible. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. quite an involved process. <laughs> Where were you selling before you got to the Edgar's shelves? So, yeah, ours, ours was a, quite an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've only been in market for two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we launched in December 2017. Um, yeah. And we were um, quite, you know, determined to position the product um, as a 
competitor, as a potential competitor to international brands that are dominating our markets. So mm-hmm. in South Africa, um, as I said, like 88% of South Africans are, are, are African. Mm-hmm. Mm. But we find that um, in terms of market share of this product category and um, this beauty product category, 95% market share um, belongs to, to foreign brands. Mm-hmm. Wow. So for us, it was important to position um, our brand as one that can compete with international brands. Right. So we launched our um, um, the first launch, soft launch we called it, was in December 2017 in, um, in Santon City. Yeah. We went and um, had a... Um, a, a a pop-up, uh, quite a glamorous pop-up for mm-hmm, a, a, mm-hmm. a period of a week um, in a section of the mall um, that is surrounded by stores such as Mont Blanc and Cartier. Um, mm. And for us, um, it was important to kind of like set the tone right from the onset. Exactly. Um, mm. So that was our kind of like our first launch into the market um, through this pop-up where, um, you know, we uh, through digital marketing, we drove uh, women came um, um, to, to our pop-up we offered skin consultations, mm-hmm. uh, product recommendations, and um, yeah, and we were quite um, quite surprised by their by the by the support and the uptake and the interest in the in the product. And thereafter, then we um, then opened up our, um, our online store, and so that's what we, we um, essentially was our primary sales channel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and um, just a year after we had launched into market. So now we had, you know, kind of like this little traction online, uh, but online being at that time very small in South Africa. Um, and um, so at the same time, we were working on on, on getting onto the retail shelves of Equus. So just one year uh, post our first um, entry into market, uh, we listed with the Edgar's Group, um, and we launched into Edgar's stores um, in December 2018. And uh, developing the products, can you take me through the, that process? You know, the inspiration behind it, and uh, how the products were made. You know, the formulation stages, etc. So, um, you know, I, I come I, really the product range was was really inspired by my life experiences, mm-hmm, professionally mm-hmm. and personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, with skincare, I've always loved skincare. I was introduced to skincare by my mother uh, in my teenage years, and um, and I guess I can use the word obsessed um, <laughs> about skincare and having uh, glowing, even toned skin. Um, there's very few brands in the market that I haven't used in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, and and just one morning, um, um, you know, about five years ago, one morning, I looked at my bathroom shelf and I realized <laughs> how many skincare products I owned. And I was just like, for the first time, I just took a, you know, a closer look and thought, wow, that's a lot of creams and serums and sunscreens and all sorts, anything, you name it, I had it. Um, I, that morning, I actually counted. I had about 64 bottles no. in front of me of different brands. And um, for the first time, I realized, and it hit me, that most of these products, um, brands, are foreign brands. Yeah. And I just thought, what is, you know, as a South African African woman uh, with melanin-rich skin, um, how is it possible that I can own so many, own so many um, foreign brands that are uh, researched and developed and manufactured elsewhere in the world for different skin tone, different skin concerns, um, in a different climate? Um, right. And where are the local brands that mm-hmm. uh, would mm-hmm. actually address 
our specific skin needs and concerns as Africans. Mm. And we know that the, you know, our skin concerns are quite different to those of Caucasians um, because of the melanin, um, 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 the high melanin that we have in our skin. So most Africans, um, you know, Caucasians, um, you know, they'll say their number one skin concern will be wrinkling. Mm -hmm. But that's not our number one skin concern because, like we always say, black don't crack, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So it's because the melanin protects our skin from early aging um, because it acts as sort of like, to some extent, a natural um, sunscreen. Um, So most of the market is dominated by brands that address wrinkling, um, so so anti-wrinkling, anti-aging creams and and, and therapies. Mm. Um, But as Africans, our main skin concerns are around um, hyperpigmentation and uneven skin tone as a result of the high melanin uh, that we have in our skin. Uh, we are concerned about oiliness because mm. um, we know that data is, uh, it shows us that, you know, um, usually the, the, the darker you are, the more likely you are to have oilier skin. Mm. Mm. Uh, we are concerned in our climate uh, particularly in South Africa, where most of South Africa is actually quite dry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, in the winter periods, most women struggle with uh, dry and dehydrated skin. Mm. And the other concern is around uh, finding um, um, an effective sunscreens that do not make us look like ghosts, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, I think every African woman has well, experienced yeah. this. Um, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so then I thought, where are the brands, um, really advanced skincare brands? And when I say advanced, I mean, Brands that have really a high concentration of active ingredients are brands um, that we refer to as cosmeceuticals. So these are brands where you're not just um, touching on the surface of the skin, you're actually going deeper into the skin layers and actually changing the physiology of your skin cells. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, um, and, and, and yeah, so then I, I, and then I thought, um, well, if not me, then who? I love that. If not me, then who? It would definitely have had to be Dr. Theo Mutuafrendo to bring the Uso skincare range to the shelves. She most certainly has the stamina for it. It took three years of formulation, experimentation, lab testing and nailing down a brand strategy before the first product was released to the public. And as you heard earlier, another 20 months before going on shelves at a major department store. She of course did not work alone on this path and so we spoke about her team and other important people that have contributed to her success so far. So who's we? We. So, yes, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I partnered um, at the beginning, uh, you know, understanding that the in, this industry, the beauty industry, um, yes, the, 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 what's inside the bottle is important. Yeah, it's yeah. critical. But also what also speaks to consumers is, is the branding mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what the brand stands for. Mm-hmm. So I partnered with a, a marketing expert. Her, her name is Gakusu Musi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know Gakusu. Comes from a background of advertising. <laughs> yeah. um, perhaps you know her. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice to hear that she's working with you. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, so she was quite instrumental in shaping. Um, you know, obviously we we did a lot of research um, around uh, what women want. Yeah. What African women want. Because yeah. um, we felt that as a local company, we we are uh, close to, we are the consumers and we are close to other potential consumers. So it is up to us to actually research and listen to yeah. what local women want uh, versus an international brand or company that will bring into market, our local market, a finished product. Mm. 
So yeah, so for, for us, the research part was was very important. I actually also did um, my MBA thesis on understanding how local right. women um, view and consume skincare. Um, right. So so that understanding um, really helped us to to shape the company and and and, and the brand um, to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, so you did an MBA. You're a medical doctor. And you work with pharmaceuticals. Um, mm-hmm. You know what's this? It's a very interesting journey, and I also see that uh, you're a fellow of uh, um, the Archbishop Tutu uh, Fellowship. Yes. Yeah. So yes. can you tell me about uh, you know how important that background has been, and also how helpful being a fellow has been to this development in your career? No, certainly. I yes, I am a I'm a fellow of the. Um, Archbishop Tutu African Leadership um, Fellowship um, and um, class of 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, some of the earlier years of the fellowship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what that experience did for me was that it, it it made me more aware of the space that we live in mm-hmm. um, as a in, in, in the context of the African continent, not just South Africa. Um, so it really exposed me to the rest of Africa, exposed me to the commonalities and the differences that we, we, we have, you know, between South Africa, East Africa, West Africa, in terms of areas of priority, in terms of doing business in other countries, um, and really sparked a love um, um, for for Africa that I I wasn't exposed to much before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also you know gave me a, a network of people across um, the continent um, um, that has been helpful um, in 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 my journey. Mm. You know, back in corporate, as well as now in 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 this entrepreneurship journey. Mm. So yeah, so that was really really a, a fantastic experience mm-hmm, that um, I still um, benefit from uh, today. Um, and I hope uh, with this company, um, I'm also contributing to us as Africans, um, mm. mm. kind of like developing our own solutions to whatever needs. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, were you always interested in the medical sciences? You know, what what did you want to be uh, when you were a young person and thinking, when I grow up, I want to be this and that? (laughs) Um, Definitely uh, in in the sciences, definitely in healthcare, um, in the healthcare field. I've always been interested in healthcare, but also been also always been interested in business. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've always known that at some point, I will want to create my own organization um, that will, you know, I guess, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know exactly what that would be. Um, but definitely I knew that at some point I definitely would like to create my own business um, mm, mm. and create, you know, some product or other that will be introduced into market. Um, so I guess, you know, through time um, and life experiences that led me to where I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what's been the biggest surprise for you in this uh, development arc? Uh, I I I think it's it's is it a surprise? Um, I not know. really a surprise, <laughs> but I would I would say it's 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 actually quite in- incredible how you know kind of like the 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 dots come together. Mm. In, your full circle um you know my my love for skincare has has been a huge 
part of my life. Yeah, mm, um, mm. huge part of my life. I remember, I mean, Kutlona, I, <laughs> I like to give you an example of how obsessed I have always been with skincare. Um, I used to travel a lot when I was in the pharmaceutical industry um, uh, globally. Yeah. And in every single airport, yeah, yeah, I would not miss the chance to go to the duty-free <laughs> stores yeah, to go and, and, and look at what, what's on offer in, in that country. And I would go and try on, obviously, if you're just trying, you're going to try the most expensive <laughs> serum and try on all these serums and I'll get onto my flight. My face will be so shiny because oh I've been trying on gosh. so many products. <laughs> yeah. um, and, 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 and yeah, so I, I had really a, a very deep, I've always had a very deep love for skincare. Um, I've always had, you know, a, a very deep, love and fascination for um for science yeah, yeah. um yeah. And, and and also the science of skincare mm. um and um and and i've always had um quite a big interest in in in, in business i actually remember now during during the lockdown one of the, the things that um uh kind of like uh confirmed for me that i i'm I'm on the right journey and I've made the right decisions um, with my career mm. um, along the way was that I found uh, one of my um, high school uh, scrapbooks um, and in matric, one of the subjects, uh, I remember I got an award um, for the best student in business economics. Oh, so there wow. I was, I was okay. in high school, I was doing, I was, good, you know, had decided I'm going to go study medicine, but I took as one of my matric subjects, business economics, um, which I did very well at. Right. So uh, for me, it is, you know, kind of like my... Just um, kind of things coming together, the dots connecting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. does your day-to-day look like as the owner of your own business? Uh, day, day to day, uh, I guess now during lockdown, things have uh, kind of like changed uh, a little bit. Um, you know, our, 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 you know, like most businesses, you know, our business went through its, its challenges because, um, during the lockdown period, uh, there were a couple of weeks where, um, our main retail channel, which is Edgar stores mm. were closed due to the lockdown. Oh. So <laughs> that's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, we had to, to kind of like uh, semi-pivot our business and yeah. focus on our um, online yeah, offering. Online. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. so the past couple of months have been a bit different, um, you know, um, instead of most of our activities being um, um, focused on in-store activities um, and all of that, now we have to kind of like um, move into the digital space and focus uh, on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, my other, you know, I spent uh, a bit of time as well engaging with customers online, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we offer um, kind of like uh, online uh, skincare advice, consultation. I, um, I work nice. with a, a, a digital agency uh, to ensure that everything you know, works and um, and our digital marketing strategies are, are are delivering what we want them to deliver. Mm. Um, and then I have oversight over um, you know um, logistics, um, like any other business or uh, startup uh, logistics, finance, mm. working mm-hmm. with our mm-hmm. uh, finance teams. Um, yeah, and just general coordination of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do um, you know some you know quite a bit of um public speaking 
um, mm-hmm. if you can mm-hmm. say. So I do take part in, in a bit of that and um, give a few keynote speeches. So my days are varied, really, um, are very varied. Uh, no day is is the same as, mm-hmm. as the one before. Mm-hmm. So do you run a home office normally or do you have an office space where employees come in? You know, what's your setup? Um, so I, I'm I'm quite lucky, I guess. Living in South Africa, we have lots of space. Mm. Uh, so I'm 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 quite lucky to have <clears throat> a space where I set up a, a I guess a studio in 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 my property. Um, right. Where um, yes, pre-COVID we had a lot of people coming in, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. now we had had to streamline that. Uh, but generally, most of our activities are um, uh, have been in store. You know, in all the stores that we worked in, uh, most of, you know, we had, um, now we are, I'm not sure if you've you you, you you've seen what had happened with our main retailer. Um, um, yeah. um, you know, they, were, <clears throat> they went into business rescue, yes. but now yeah. they've been bought by someone else and now, you know, reviving their, their retail channel. And so we'll probably go back to our model where um, we have um, the model of skin consultants uh, that work for us in the different stores across the country. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's been um, kind of like a, how do you say, a lot of acute changes mm-hmm. <laughs> that were mm-hmm. not expected. Um, sure. You know, we yeah. expected this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we had spent our first year in in the main in the big retailer, really mm-hmm. learning the ropes, um, um, understanding and making sure that our our logistics are um, are perfected. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when COVID came and the lockdown came, you know, um, in a year where we had planned to be our year of really driving sales mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and marketing. You know, through the the, the the retail, the brick and mortar retail channel, mm-hmm. and um, obviously, you know, things have changed. I guess things have changed for everyone um, now. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so now we, you know, I think we've we've survived that, and then now we're looking forward to, um, I, I guess, kind of like being both a digital as well as a brick and mortar um, mm-hmm. um, uh, business. Yeah. There is no question that COVID-19 has made this a very difficult year for every single business, more so if you're a new business. African Dermal Science is of course no exception. Theo and her team have had to find a way to deal with these new conditions which we now all have to navigate. Up next, we get into the details of how she copes with adversity. Uh, it's very understated the way you say it, but there are a lot of challenges I can hear. <laughs> and uh, there's a, there are yes. practical steps that you take in order to, you know, deal with those. But then there's also you as a person and how you cope with the situation. So can you give me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about how you deal with things, you know, what's your approach to the way you solve problems and also you, the support structure around you that helps you to get through these challenges? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I'm a firm believer. I'm, I'm a firm believer in research. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, research and, uh, and and really making informed decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when faced with a problem, the first thing I do is research. Um, and and just make sure that I, number one, I understand what the actual problem is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because as humans, I, I think you know we have different interpretations um, of what our problems, the problems that we're facing are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in in business, I think there's, um, 
I would say it's quite important to to be able to be objective about the problems that you are facing. Yeah. yeah. Particularly when you're running a, a, a kind of like a founder managed business, the, a business that you founded yourself. Yeah? yeah. You have to make sure that you're able to uh, make objective decisions because it's, you know, the company's your baby. Sure. It's, you yeah. know, it yeah. can be quite, quite easy to make um, subjective and emotional decisions. So, mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. me, it's very important that one is able to, um, you know, to cut through all the emotions, cut through, um, you know, everything else and actually make sure that you understand the actual business problem that you're facing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, different, you know, other people, you're not the first person probably to go through that problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Research, you know, how other companies have actually managed to overcome it uh, and, and, and look at it in the context of your own situation and your own business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the third thing um, for me, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm you know, I've got great support structure around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I still have Kakisu um, Musi and um, as well as someone else who's uh, got a, a very strong marketing um, um, uh, background, who's actually my aunt and one of my um, the investors in our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, my board of advisors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I tap into. Her name is Zipora Maubani. She's um, mm-hmm. in corporate as a, um, um, a marketing director in one of the listed companies here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I tap into these two women uh, for problems that I encounter. Mm-hmm. But I also have a great uh, support at home in the form of my husband, <laughs> yes. who's a great sounding board and a great um, um, financier. Uh, you great. Finance we like and, supportive um, husbands. I, I'm able to, uh, I guess, um, solve most of the problems that we mm. encounter. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and also, I never forget our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. if faced with a, with a problem that is, customer centric and we're trying to 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 figure out a way forward you know it could be something as simple as we're running a promotion and um would like to you know that have seen great uptake um and then would like to know if whether we should continue with it um mm-hmm. who else to ask but the customer <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know so we absolutely you know we yeah. kind of like right now save is through the, the the you know our customer base you know, using just digital platforms and ask questions. Um, sure. Yeah. 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 So the feedback mm-hmm. also gives you a little bit of uh, perspective. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what, what's mm-hmm. your vision for, for African dermal science? If we had to do an interview again in a year, in five years, uh, what can we expect? Mm-hmm. Uh, what can we expect? I think really our, our vision is, is, is to be a, um, a key player in um, in in the uh, beauty industry that um, you know to be recognised as a key player in in, in the beauty industry that is now currently highly dominated by international brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would like to continue introducing um, really um, a, a high quality products that mm-hmm. speak to the African population mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that celebrate us as a people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we are quite passionate about that. Uh, where do we see ourselves in a year's time? I think you know, uh, to, you know, if you know, we're glad that we are still um, 
we are still here, mm, um, mm. you know, and we've survived the COVID storm. Uh, yeah. So in a year's time, we are hoping to have increased our network um, in terms of uh, retail availability, <clears throat> have increased our presence online um, and have started um, exporting our, our products to other countries. Mm -hmm. Great. Sounds really yeah. good. And uh, I wish you all the best on this journey. And uh, just a few details about where people can find you online and um, also how they mm -hmm. can contact you. <laughs> so online, we are available on our own online store, which is www.uso.africa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and we are also available <clears throat> on Take a Lot um, mm -hmm. um, uh, dot com, and we are also available on two other platforms that we are um, quite excited about. Um, so these are platforms that are owned by um, young African women um, in South Africa. So they are online retail platforms that sell goods that um, resonate with African women um, uh, in the beauty sector, mm. uh, mostly local Black-owned um, beauty brands. So we are available on a, um, a site called Beauty on Tap, mm -hmm. yeah, um, okay. as well as a site called um, The Art of Superwoman. Um, so yeah, so those are retail platforms online. Amazing. And physically we are available at um, selected um, Edgar stores countrywide, um, about 40 stores we are in, um, in um, in all the provinces we are, as well as in Edgar stores in Khabarone, um, as well as Vintuk in Namibia. Fantastic. This is really, mm -hmm. really amazing. I love your story and I love the journey that you've uh, come on so far and looking forward to seeing what's next uh, for you guys. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Kudrano, for this opportunity um, to chat to you and share our journey. Um, I wish you all the best with the podcast series. I look forward to listening to this one, although it can be difficult sometimes to listen <laughs> to your own interviews, but I look I forward know. to it. <laughs> I'll still send it to you anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Good. So have a nice day. All righty. Thank you. Hey, a nice day to you too. And that is all from Shades and Layers this time around. Thank you to Dr. Theo Mutuafrendo for sharing her story and really giving us a deep look into what it takes to compete with the best in the world. Perhaps soon enough, we will all be trying out African Dermal Science products at a duty-free store somewhere in the world. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe via your favorite podcast app. Share with friends, family or whoever you think would be interested. Until next time, do take good care. <laughs>